This is Jerry DiPiano, and you are listening to the Love Mia Vita podcast. Today's guest on the Love Mia Vita podcast is Allison Blod. Allison is a registered nutritional therapist who helps women manage the negative symptoms of menopause. She's worked in the health and wellness industry for over 30 years, specializing in perimenopausal and menopausal women's health. Allison runs her own online clinic, helping women worldwide manage the negative symptoms of menopause. Her mission is to support her clients with tailor-made changes to diet, health, and lifestyle so they can harness their hormones and get their confidence back. Now, if you want to speak with Allison, you can do so, even though she is based outside the United States, by visiting her website, allisonblod.com. I will spell that for you. It's A-L-I-S-O-N-B-L-A-D-H.com. And you can also download a free ebook and schedule a call with Allison. So I look forward to this conversation today. And it's a really important conversation that we sometimes overlook. And that is the relationship between sleep and diet. And perhaps to those of you listening, it may not be as obvious that there is mounting evidence for the cyclical relationship of diet and sleep. And so we're going to explore that more fully. Um, and Allison, we are going to look to you as our expert to particularly focus on sleep and diet and how that impacts peri and menopausal and postmenopausal women. So welcome, Alison. Oh, thank you so much. It's lovely to be on your podcast. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's a pleasure. So Alison, the relationship between diet and sleep, um, these are two factors that are intrinsic to our health. And what we have seen is that insufficient sleep does adversely impact dietary intake, but diet may also influence sleep for biochemical reasons. And I think that's, that it's important to consider what those biochemical factors are, how we can harness those biochemical factors, which are, by the way, found in foods. They don't necessarily have to come from drugs, although there are supplements that are available that, that can help us. But we, we have seen that sleep is an endemic and, and we're not getting the, the hours of sleep or the quality of sleep. And that is having an impact on d diseases like diabetes, on inflammation, on cardiovascular disease. So it's something that we all need to take into consideration when we think about what we put in our mouths. <laughs> each and every day, and in particular um, with women and with, the, with our changing hormones, the impact may be even more profound. Yeah, it, it's so, like you say, Jerry, it's so important uh, sleep for, for every bodily function. And especially when we come into perimenopause and menopause, we have so many different things going on with, you know, you maybe start developing different symptoms, etc. And lack of sleep is just is so terrible for us. I mean, 
it really is like a vicious circle that the least sleep you get or the less sleep you get, the worse you feel. And this can also contribute to so many of, of the symptoms. You know, your hot flashes can be worse, uh, worse weight gain, etc. So it's so important to think about what we eat during this time period. And when we talk specifically about sleep and, and what you should be thinking about nutrition wise is, you know, we want to be avoiding things like the that stimulate uh, such as caffeine um caffeine is in, in coffee it's in dark chocolate you know it's in tea it's in many energy drinks and and fizzy drinks that that we may have and this really stimulates our system and it's certainly not something that you would want to consume before you go to bed i mean i don't personally recommend that people drink any sort of sugary uh, energy drinks. Uh, coffee is fine, but I would recommend that you have your last cup of coffee at midday. And if you're really suffering from sleep issues, I would say really just give that a miss for a while and see if it makes you feel any better. You can always use decaffeinated uh, products. So really thinking about avoiding stimulants that will, that will keep you awake. And then looking at foods that we call that that help to stimulate our happy hormones and more of our soothing hormones um so foods that are calming um things that i love to have a, a cup of chamomile tea before i go to bed because that's very very soothing um and also eating um as a specific amino acid called tryptophan and tryptophan is a precursor to serotonin and serotonin is is a, a happy hormone it's a hormone that can help us feel calm so really looking at having foods that that contain this uh, tryptophan amino acid things like uh, turkey is, is a wonderful uh, source of tryptophan and avoiding all processed sugary foods i mean that isn't something that i would recommend that anybody eats but if you are wanting to improve your sweet sleep quality really avoiding these sugary refined processed foods because what we want we want to nurture the body and nourish the body and make sure the body is getting all the vitamins and minerals that it needs to promote sleep so if, you, if you've got a diet that is, isn't containing nourishing foods then you probably will find it difficult to to, to sleep and another um, thing that can happen that can affect sleep is, is blood sugar uh, balance and i know uh, blood sugar is a, is a big thing and I'm, I'm always talking about blood sugar but blood sugar balance having good blood sugar balance is crucial to good sleep because if your blood sugar levels are, are up and down you will find that you maybe will make wake up in the middle of the night if you have a, a low blood sugar you know your body will wake up because you it doesn't like having low blood sugar and it will be triggering you to maybe eat something so there's so many different aspects to this and, and what kind of adds on to this when we come into perimenopause is that it's actually been shown in research that estrogen has an effect on melatonin and melatonin is is what we call our sleep hormone so as our estrogen and progesterone levels tend to decline as we go into perimenopause and menopause this can have a, an effect on our quality of sleep and the ability to be able to go to sleep. So the, there's a lot of things that really come into play and a testosterone, uh, you know, not many people think of that, but that actually has an effect on our sleep quality. Um, 
it, there's so many complex interactions between all our hormones that affect the way that we sleep. So really looking at what you're eating and nourishing your body, getting all the vitamins that we need, like the B vitamins, for example, are very important for, for mood and sleep and relaxation. Um, calcium also has been shown to be beneficial for sleep. So there's the Mediterranean style diet is a diet that has been shown in research to not only promote our health during the uh, menopause transition, but also help to improve sleep because of all the wonderful nutrients that, that we have in, in that style of eating. You know, it's interesting that you, um, you mentioned the Mediterranean diet, and I too have seen some of that in the research um, where, um, although it, it hasn't been well controlled, they, they have explored uh, individuals who uh, eat a Mediterranean diet who have re reported that they have better sleep. And it makes sense because when you think about the Mediterranean diet, we're thinking about a diet that is rich in fruits and vegetables. Uh, we know that there are certain fruits like pineapple and kiwi fruit, for example, that will raise our serotonin levels, which is maybe surprising to you. And we have a whole list of, of fruits and vegetables that can help uh, with raising the serotonin levels. And then with respect to tryptophan, once again, we look at what, what is in the Mediterranean diet? Where can we find sources of tryptophan? We look at cheese. We look at chicken. We look at whole grains. We look at nuts and seeds. So if you're a vegetarian, it is still possible by eating legumes to get your source of tryptophan. And that that's a that's a good food, but it goes back to that Mediterranean diet where, yes, it it does actually make a difference. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. Another really interesting point as well that's been shown in research is that if you can, it's very beneficial to eat uh, organic foods because um, the pesticides that we spray a lot of our, our uh, fruit and vegetables with has been shown to affect our uh, glands, especially the penile, penile gland, which is responsible for the release of melatonin. So it's been, they've been looking at, you know, if you, if you move over to more organic sort of uh, products, that that will enable you to sleep better because it doesn't interfere with the, the melatonin release and production from the pineal gland. So if you eat poorly, <clears throat> if you're eating poorly, you can't expect to have good sleep. And particularly if you are in that perimenopause transition, perimenopause, menopause transition, this, the sins of our youth, we may have been able to overcome some of the sins of our youth by doing some really bad things like having that glass of wine at 10 o'clock at night and then not, not seeing so much the impact of that at three o'clock in the morning. But as we, as we get older, we don't appreciate that our, our hormone levels are changing. And yes, that glass of wine at 10 p.m. or 9 p.m. or late in the evening is likely to cause a sugar spike uh, and cause some flushing and, and increase the number of hot flashes. So we need to keep that in mind. We need to know, understand that alcohol converts into sugar. So what does that do? That gives us that sugar spike. So initially you fall asleep, but by two, three o'clock in the morning, you're lying there wide awake, trying to figure out what to do next. 
Yeah, I, I always say, unfortunately, you know, alcohol is not the friend of a menopausal woman. And so many of my clients and even myself, I'm in perimenopause and, you know, I love a glass of wine, but it's just not worth it. Even just one glass of wine in the evenings or at the weekends, guarantee that I will wake up at two, three in the morning. So there, there have been some studies that have been done uh, by neuroscientists, neurobiologists, and they advocate that if you're a woman in perimenopause or menopause, you really just should eliminate wine from your diet completely, which is horrifying, right? Because we all like we all like to have a little glass of wine, but you're absolutely correct. The, the consequences of doing so, and particularly if you're doing so on a regular basis, let's face it, you know, I'm Italian, so I, you know, I drink wine, I love my wine, um, grew up drinking wine, but now as a menopausal woman, I really am very cognizant of when I drink the wine, and it's generally not during the work week when I know that I have to be on my game because I do want to get my best sleep. And sleep has always been elusive for me. So when um, when we talk about eating healthily, even though I have tried to do my best, I suffer from insomnia. And as many of you who have suffered from insomnia appreciate, you will try anything, anything to improve your sleep. And for me, it's exercise, try exercising in the morning. I go outside and even on a cloudy day, I will sit outside. If it's cloudy, I'll sit outside for 40 minutes. If it's not cloudy, if you have sun with sunscreen, I'll sit outside for 15 minutes, all in an effort to boost those melatonin levels. But I still need to be mindful. We all need to be mindful of what we're doing about our diet and thinking about what we're putting into our bodies and the, and and what that may mean to issues like metabolism. So maybe we could talk about that for a minute. So how does this impact metabolism when you're not sleeping? Yeah, um, basically, if we go back to perimenopause and menopause, you know, estrogen and, and, and uh, progesterone, but specifically estrogen, it's a, it's a major metabolic hormone. So we see as, as women go into this transition that there are a lot of metabolic changes that happen in the body. and if you're not sleeping, you will find that you will be hungry the next day. And, and you'll create what you'll crave is you'll crave carbohydrates, refined, you know, easy uh, products for your, your body to break down and turn into sugar and give you energy. Because you've got this whole thing going on with blood sugar balance. You've got you're probably quite stressed which most people suffer from chronic stress and stress is another area that is terrible for sleep. So if, if you haven't slept, hunger hormones as well, they've been shown in research to be stimulated by lack of sleep. Uh, specifically, there's, there's a hunger hormone called ghrelin. Uh, if you're lacking in sleep, ghrelin uh, will be stimulated. You may produce more ghrelin, which is ghrelin's kind of the hormone that makes you feel hungry. So when your body wants to eat, it will release ghrelin and that will stimulate you to eat. And leptin, which is the hormone that is, tells you that you're satisfied, tells you to stop eating basically, may not be released as much. So, so all these things come into play. And you, know, you find that you just will crave these what 
you know, pro, what we were talking about, processed, refined, sugary foods, which then, you know, leads on to, to weight gain, blood sugar imbalance. It's, it's a vicious circle, really. Sleep is so, so important. And I think it's something that we are now starting to realise. I mean, not that many years ago, people were, it was more of a, you know, you were, you were proud to be only sleeping four or five hours a night. It meant that you were, you know, you, you were working hard and you were everything, you knew you were really uh, doing what you should be doing. But now we've realised that that actually isn't at all true and it's very detrimental for our, for our health. So chronic sleep deprivation, <clears throat> as we, we talked about previously, uh, we may take for granted it does it is a strong contributor to diseases like diabetes and to cardiovascular disease. And I think you illustrated this early on when you described this the, the whole issue of these foods that are, are very high in sugar and raise our glycemic index. And that certainly would be a contributor. We also know that diabetes has an impact on cardiovascular health. So it's not surprising that the two are intrinsically related to one another. And we need to think about ways in which to improve our level of sleep and what are the what are the appropriate strategies that we can think about. So I, I always um, go back to the days when I was a kid and my mom would give us warm milk with a little bit of honey. Mm -hmm. Or occasionally she would give us cheese with a bit of fruit and honey. So that's going back to more of a Mediterranean type oh. diet. And what we probably took for granted was there's your tryptophan. Yeah. There's yeah. your tryptophan. It's fascinating, isn't it? I mean, exactly. Milk is a wonderful source of tryptophan. But my grandmother was the same, always a, a glass of warm milk before, you know, before you went to bed. And like you say, you didn't, I didn't realize then why I was drinking that, but it, it's very soothing and it really does help aid, aid uh, sleep. Uh, you know, and cheese as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it is really, really interesting. So there was a study that was um, that was done. There have been a number of studies um, using whey protein as well. And um, obviously, for for those of us that are more mature that are in perimenopause, menopause, we're also trying to get more protein on, in our diets. And so, the consumption of a whey protein shake, which had low carbohydrates, right? and a high a, a significant number of um, amino acids and also um, a high level of protein was found to be beneficial in terms of improving sleep uh, quality. What, what are your thoughts on doing something like drinking a shake with whey protein? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, absolutely. I've, I've, not, I've got nothing against that. I always like to say food first. So if you can possibly get you know enough protein through eating uh, protein rich foods but you know sometimes in today's life we just don't have time do we and it's it's easier to to make a shake as long as as long as it's not sugar as long as you've got you're watching what you're actually putting in the shake and you know it's your protein and you know maybe you could put in some vegetables but just be careful with the amount of fruit that you add into to shakes and smoothies because even though fruit is 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 very good it still is sugar so we, we have to just be mindful of not not eating too much fruit um but yeah no I, I would absolutely say that I think protein 
you know, anything to, to calm us down and, and the, with the tryptophan and, and the sleep effects. Yeah, absolutely. Great, great idea. So your, your counsel to a woman who comes to you and says, I'm, you know, I'm getting four hours of sleep per night. I've gained 10 pounds over the last year, which doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're gaining 10 pounds per year and you're in perimenopause and let's assume that you're 45, by the time you're 55, that adds up pretty quickly. And uh, by the time you're 55, those 10 pounds that you've accumulated year on year can really wreak havoc on your body. We don't want to do any body shaming here, um, but certainly that's going to impact most every aspect of your life, including your ability to engage in physical activity if you continue to abuse your body that way. But that does happen. I mean, that that does happen because let's face it, we're busy. We're probably caregivers for a partner. We might be a caregiver for a parent. We may be a caregiver for a child or an adult uh, adult that we've you know brought into this world who, even though they tend to be so so called self sufficient, still need mom or um, or moms or dads. But yes, yeah, yeah. And this um, and when when clients come to me, and the majority of of menopausal ladies, most of them are suffering some some sort sort of sleep uh, problem. So I really look at you know everything from from the nutrition, from the lifestyle, uh, and also mindset you know, really individually finding a, a program that works for this person. And it's all about small steps because the majority of, of people are stressed. They are overwhelmed. You know, the last thing they need is someone coming in and saying, right, we're going to totally overhaul everything. So finding little things that fit in uh, with their life that will make them feel better and you know I have amazing results with 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 sleep just through making quite small changes and I think it's also getting the person to accept that they have to put themselves first you know we we are all busy and the majority of people are suffering from chronic stress but if you don't prioritize yourself then you're not going to really be able to improve your sleep you know, sleep hygiene, which I'm, I'm sure many people have heard of, you know, it's important that you have a, a sleep hygiene routine that you do in the in the evenings to really help yourself wind down a couple of hours before you go to bed. Because if you're in working or sat in front of a computer or on your mobile phone, you know, all evening and, and then you go to bed, you can't expect your body to suddenly go to sleep. You, you need that time, you know, away from blue light to, to really, really uh, relax. And that makes a huge difference for, for people. Uh, some people like to wear the blue um, light blocking glasses in the evening, which which stops you taking in the, the light, uh, because basically that sort of light um stops your body producing melatonin and we need melatonin to go to sleep to to fall asleep and to to relax in the evenings i mean i live in in sweden where in, in the winters it's very dark uh, you know it gets dark very early and i've actually found it very beneficial to use um like a light therapy lamp 
Um, but you, that you would use in the mornings. But it's been shown in research with the light therapy lamp. It really helps with the circadian rhythms and you will fall asleep better in the evening because you're getting that light that you need in, in the mornings. So that that's actually a very good um thing that you can use and it's basically just a lamp that you you use in the morning you can have it in front of your desk or, or wherever you want to to have that so there's many different things and, and stress as, as we said stress is terrible for for sleep because of the stress hormones and, and the, what the effect that they have on the on the body things like meditation yoga if that's your thing you know it's not for everybody so there's there's many different lifestyle um and nutritional uh, aspects that you can use. I'm a big fan of um, magnesium glycinate. Uh, that is, is um, magnesium is, is a wonderful uh, mineral, but in particular magnesium glycinate for people that have sleep problems because that's so soothing. It's, it's, it's almost a, a must for a, for a perimenopausal menopausal woman. And that you can actually take later on in the evening you know maybe an hour or a couple of hours before you go to bed because it calms you down and it also really helps with um restless leg syndrome that we can suffer from when you lay in bed at night you know your legs are, are twitching so magnesium is a great great mineral and um epsom salt baths are also very good they contain magnesium and it's the salt that you would have in the bath before you go to bed. And the magnesium is absorbed actually through the skin into the body. And it's a, it's a wonderful way to relax. So magnesium is a, is a wonderful mineral for, for many things, but in, but in particular sleep. So we, we look at some of the supplements that we need to add to our diet. Magnesium glyconate is one of those. We, we also, know that you can supplement with melatonin. And um, there are not lots of products. In fact, Femme Pharma has a Mia Vita uh, sleep supplement that has melatonin, has ashwagandha. Mm -hmm. It has theanine in there. And so these are really key ingredients that help us to relax, get into sleep. In addition to what you're doing with your diet, if you're not getting everything that you need from your diet, there are ways that we can supplement, but magnesium glyconate sounds like a nice, powerful way in which to resolve some of these issues. And in terms of the, the stress, if we're thinking about stress and we're thinking about things that we can add to our diet that may help us to manage some of the stress, are there are there ways in which we can use diet to help us to manage stress? Yeah, it it's really going back to removing the processed refined foods because stress has a, a, a big link to blood sugar balance. So if, if you if you're eating a healthy diet with whole using whole foods, your blood sugar will be in much better, you know, much better levels. And this will help with stress reduction. Stress is, is, is a difficult one because even though you can, you know, eat a healthy diet and it will absolutely help, you really have to take away the source of the stress as well. You, you really have to find out why am I so stressed? Is there anything that I can do to, to stop me producing all these stress hormones all the time because cortisol in particular that one of the effects that that has on the body is it that it raises blood sugar 
because it, it's one of you know it, it was enabling us to run away from danger you know years ago when we were maybe escaping from a tiger or something but you know that's that's not the case anymore but we're, we're under chronic stress just through our everyday lives so really thinking about removing processed refined foods from the diet and you know things like energy drinks they're terrible for your system and they've got they're full of caffeine high in sugar it just makes you feel even more anxious so if you are suffering from stress sugar really isn't your friend you know try to avoid sugar really sugary products it it does become a vicious cycle so when you if you sleep better you probably consume less of the bad foods like the energy drinks and the sugary things and the the high uh, carbohydrate type products, your breads, your sweets and things of that nature, whether it's cake, your chocolate cake or your brownies. So it, it really it really is cyclical. And if you're, if you're eating well, then you're likely to get into better sleep. And particularly if you are mindful of when you eat, and how you eat, right? So it's not just what you eat, it's what is the timing of that? You know, we have all these diet fads that have recently hit us over the last several decades, right? The, the most recent one was the intermittent fasting diet where you effectively fast your body for an extended period of time and it can start with as little as 16 hours, although that seems like an eternity and it can extend for days. And there are individuals that swear by those sorts of things. But we have to be mindful of our, our individual health and how that's going to impact us. And so if you're a perimenopausal or menopausal woman, the intermittent diet may not be for you. It may actually be more harmful. So you should probably always consult a qualified nutritionist or your healthcare practitioner to be sure that this is something that will work for you because it is the timing. It's not just what you eat, it's the timing of your, the consumption of food. You, you said this earlier, if you're waking up at two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning because you're starving, that does not help your sleep or your sleep quality. And then falling back to sleep is also a challenge because let's face it, if you're awake at three o'clock in the morning, you're probably thinking about everything you need to do for the following day or worse. You're ruminating around all of the things that have stressed you in life. Yeah, it's, it's that the brain becomes very active, doesn't it? When you when you wake up in the, in the middle of the night. Yeah, anxiety and, and stress, it just everything just becomes totally blown out of proportion when you when you wake up in the in the in the early hours of the morning. But, you know, I, I think when, when we look at sleep and, and we look at what we're eating. You know, you, you have to, as I've said before, you have to put yourself first and you have to eat a healthy diet and avoid those foods and you will start feeling better and exactly as you said jerry it's all it's all a knock-on effect isn't it the more sleep you get the better you'll feel and the less you'll want to eat all all these refined processed sugary foods and you know i do appreciate that it's not easy you know changing and making habits habit changes can be difficult so i always th say to people just take one step at a time just just do one small thing at a time and, and put that in place and then move on to the next thing rather than trying to just suddenly think right I'm going to do all this at once because 
it won't last. It, it really won't. It, it takes time and an effort to make changes. And the, the better you feel when you've made these changes, the more motivated you will to, to do even, even more. So taking, <clears throat> taking a small step, let's just pretend I'm a client, right? And taking a small step, what would be one small step that I could take? Let's assume that I have a relatively good diet, but I'm eating at 8 p.m. each evening. Okay, I would recommend um, as far as food timings, it is, as you were saying, Jerry, that it, there's still more research needed on, on intermittent fasting or it's sometimes called time-restricted eating, very individual. However, if you're eating at eight o'clock in the evening, that, that is actually quite late. So what I say to clients is try to stop eating two hours before you go to bed. Um, at least two hours if, if that's possible because we don't want lots of digestive processes going on when we're going to bed we want our digestive system to be able to repair and relax and take care of everything while, while we're asleep so two hours before you go to bed really think about stopping uh, eating think about having you know, a, a relaxing drink, maybe like a chamomile tea or, or something like that before you actually go to bed, maybe an hour or so. So when when you think about timings of, of, of when you eat, some people, I've had clients that have done uh, time-restricted eating and it's worked amazingly for them, but it is very, very individual. You know, you can actually, if you, for example, um, you stop eating, obviously when you go to bed, and then you maybe have breakfast at eight, nine o'clock in the morning. There's actually quite, even if you go to bed at 10 o'clock, there's quite a lot of hours in between where you're asleep. So, so you're not hungry, you know, you're not craving any foods, hopefully. The, the research that's coming out on intermittent fasting is very interesting. We still need to do more research, but for some people it works very well, for some people it doesn't. And, and I agree with you when we talk about perimenopause and menopause that it's not always beneficial for the menopausal lady because it, it can cause anxiety, it can cause blood sugar issues if, if we're having big gaps between when we're not eating. So think about two, two hours before you go to bed to really stop, stop eating. And also think about drinking. I know we're all very tempted to, to maybe drink water, but if you're drinking a lot of fluid, you know, quite near to the time where you're going to bed, you're going to be getting up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet. And, and that's disturbing in, in itself. So if you're going to have a chamomile tea or you're going to drink water, it's also about the same. Think about doing that a couple of hours before you go to bed, because you'll notice that you will sleep better because you won't be woken up needing to go to the toilet. So that's one small step that you could take, right? Yeah, one small step. One small step. So how, how would I work this out? Well, I would think about it in this way. If my typical dinner is at 8 p.m., Maybe this evening I have my dinner at 7.30. Maybe the, the next week I try to get dinner by 7 p.m. And then I gradually move it to 6 or 6.30 p.m. So I keep moving this, again, assuming that my bedtime is around 9.30 because I get up really early in the morning. I don't know what, you know, with others, but just as an example, I'll be the example. 
-hmm. If I'm getting up at 6 a.m. in the morning, then I probably need to get some rest. So I want to get to bed by 9.30, do whatever I do to get ready for bed. And then um, hopefully I'm out by 10 p.m., right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So, so that, that incremental change will have a, should likely have an impact. And then what are some other things I can do thinking about <clears throat> even what I have in my diet? So what am I eating before I'm going to bed? When yeah have something that we've been talking about a uh, tryptophan if you want to have a, like a, um, a a meal or you're having a snack or whatever you have in the evenings try to uh, incorporate some sort of protein preferably uh, tryptophan dense you know like a turkey chicken milk you know that we've been to a glass of warm milk after your uh, dinner or your evening meal um and again, avoiding all stimulants, you know, even things like dark chocolate are a stimulant, you know, absolutely coffee, you know, tea, all of those things, just avoiding all of that and having a balanced meal. So, so you've got your protein, you've got um, a whole grains form of carbohydrates and then a healthy fat. So, so eating in balance also is very important to, to, for our blood sugar levels and for our overall health. And the healthy fats are things like uh, olive oil, nuts and seeds, um, coconut oil, butter, avoiding all the processed, really highly refined trans hydrogenated fats because they, they cause inflammation um, in the body. So balanced Balanced dinner plate really is what I would recommend that you have before as your last evening meal. So <clears throat> there are a number of different foods, as uh, indicated before, that can help us to raise both our melatonin levels and also our serotonin levels, which are uh, certainly the precursor of all that is the tryptophan. tryptophan. Uh, but we've seen, for example, some areas of research where they document things like Montmorency tart cherries um, and cherry juice. Again, this is natural product, which can help us to reduce our insomnia. And there is also information in the research talking about, believe it or not, beef steak tomatoes. So if you like beef steak tomatoes, put more of those in your diet. Uh, eat those two hours, as Allison suggested, two hours before bedtime. There actually is some decent research that demonstrates that individuals had better sleep um, compared to a control group. So there is, there is some good information coming out of the research. Obviously it's ongoing and more needs to be done, but most of the schools of public health in the United States are exploring this issue between sleep and diet and the cyclical nature because it, it has become a major public health issue. And so I am really excited that we have been able to have this conversation, Allison, because this is just the beginning of, I would say, an ongoing dialogue about nutrition and how it impacts our overall well-being. It is intrin absolutely intrinsic to our health. And at least in the United States, we have seen um, an obesity epidemic. And again, that is because you have certain areas where there are food deserts. And so individuals are forced to eat pro highly processed foods, not necessarily the best quality foods, 
And there is also the, an abundance in other areas of the country. There's an abundance of food and an abundance of food choices, but we're not necessarily making good food choices. We're not necessarily making good food choices for our age group cohort. And in terms of women, when we reach the transition, and we'll call it the transition of perimenopause, menopause, and postmenopause, it's important for us to understand that we also need to make a transition with our diets. Yeah, totally agree with you. It's it's a time in a woman's life where you you know you have to take extra care of yourself. You can't get away with what you did when you were younger because of there's so many changes happening in the body due to the decline in, in the hormones. So it's, it's, it's crucial really to put yourself first. And I think that's what we're very bad, bad at as, as women. You know, we're, we're carers, we look after everybody else. And, you know, when it comes to nutrition, the human body is an amazing thing. And if we give it the vitamins and minerals and the nutrients that it needs, it, it will thrive. But we're, we're not really doing that, are we? Like what you were saying, you know, the food environment is, it's not ideal for health at the moment. And I know in, in Europe where I live, it's this obesity epidemic is really happening all over the world now. And no matter where you go, the food environment is, is forcing on you all these refined sugary foods that aren't really very beneficial for your health. Some of them really don't have very much nutritional value whatsoever. So, you know, if we, if we just go back and, you know, going back to our grandmothers, if, if we eat the way that our grandmothers and grandfathers did, that's the way that we should be eating whole foods you know you you recognize a food that is a piece of broccoli it's it's not got a list of 20 30 different ingredients on the back of the, the package that you don't really understand what they are because they're totally refined and processed to eat whole foods in balance i think that it doesn't it's not difficult but we don't do it, do we? Because we're lured into all these wonderful, tasty, you know, sugary foods. They're very clever, the people that produce these foods. They, they know what, what the brain and what the body likes. But whether it's good for us is, is a different discussion. Absolutely. And as we're talking about sleep and diet, there, it couldn't be more important to look at what is on the label. Make sure you look at the, at the label because even though it may appear that it is high quality, it is not processed, check the label, look at the carbohydrate content, look at the sodium content, look at the preservative content. Every, most foods will, will include a preservative and that's okay, uh, but, but look at what the preservatives are and be sure that you are careful about choosing based upon the label contents of your foods. Yeah, totally. Choose foods that nourish your body and nurture your body and, and choose not to buy products that don't. I mean, it's, it's really making that decision, isn't it? Yes, it, it absolutely is. So sleep and diet, diet and sleep, there is a cyclical nature. And the better your diet, the better your sleep, and the better your sleep, the better your metabolism. So it all works together. Much more to be discussed, but we really enjoyed, I enjoyed having this opportunity to have this conversation with you, Allison. It's always enlightening. And I hope that our listeners will find 
it's very beneficial as they think about how to move forward with these small steps, small steps to make changes in the way that they eat and the way that they sleep. Yeah, thank you so much, Joe. It's, it's it's lovely talking to you, and like it is a very interesting subject. We could go on for hours, really, couldn't we? It's there's so many different aspects to it. Yes, we absolutely could, and there's probably part two of the sleep and diet. We'll have some uh, strategies for you that we can outline, some examples and some strategies, and maybe even some recipes that would be interesting for you to think about as you prepare to make those subtle changes that will improve your diet, improve your sleep. So Allison, thank you once again. As always, it's a pleasure. This is Allison Blod, A-L-I-S-O-N-B-L-A-D-H.com, our guest on the Love Mia Vita podcast. Thank you so much. And thank you to our listeners. This is Jerry DiPiano signing off from the Love Mia Vita podcast. Thank you.